It is the stuff of nightmares, quite frankly, but for American citizens Savoy Wright, it was a reality. Detained for no apparent reason, Wright says that he was kidnapped, held for ransom, and confined to a tiny Venezuelan prison cell for nearly two months. And while his family fought for his release, he worried for his safety, sharing his cell with up to four others. Last month, he became one of 10 Americans released from Venezuelan detention in a prisoner swap. Savoy Wright is here now to tell his story for the very first time exclusively to CNN. Savoy, thank you so much for being here and, and welcome home. I had the pleasure of speaking to your mother and sister who were fighting for your return and it must be overjoying to see them and be home. But tell me a little bit about how you even got to that experience. You were detained, you didn't know why, but you knew that you were in trouble. Yes, I just wanna say thanks for having me. It's been quite a journey. Um, so how did I get to the experience? Essentially, uh, first start with kidnapping, right? So it was kind of a interesting situation where I was led to a certain area and it was either you wanna go to jail or you wanna go home mm. type of thing. You're gonna be a witness or you're going to jail is what they told me. So um, that's, it was started with shock and I just kind of went along to, to kind of see what the process would be and, and uh, it ended up getting worse and worse and worse and worse until I became a um, political hostage that was being traded in a huge sanctions deal um, hmm. internationally. So, I mean, once they realized you were American, that changed a lot, didn't it? You said you're a premium. Yeah. What did that mean to you? It can mean very serious, severe danger, but it can also mean uh, dollar signs, right? Or opportunity for leverage and trading. Um, but it, it really, the word got out I was American and I was in Venezuela. It wasn't the best opportunity. Yeah. Some would you know, look at the, what the State Department and their different categories of different places. Venezuela, obviously, a, a high-risk area. You, you traveled there nonetheless, but one could not have anticipated this happening. Did you realize, though, the extent of danger you may have been in even going? Yes, yeah, so actually, I'd been there before. Um, mm -hmm. So I had a visa, actually, in Venezuela. I speak Spanish. Uh, I've been to pretty much all Latin countries in, in Latin America except for Bolivia. Suriname, Guyana, and Guyana Francesa. Um, so I'm very familiar with the culture, uh, with, with the terrain in Venezuela, the people. Um, you know, I was looking at business opportunities. So for me, it's, it felt like, yeah, there's risk. There's, there's risk everywhere. There's risk in the United States too, but I didn't realize the extent of the risk I was I, as an American citizen abroad. I mean, visa or not, you ended up in a prison. Correct. And what happened to you there could have cost your life. There were moments you thought you would, in fact, not get out. Yes. What was your experience like inside of a Venezuelan prison? Yeah, well, I was actually moved around to four different places. Really? So I had four different experiences. In each of those, it was the absolute worst. And then I saw a pattern, it would eventually get better. So whether through prayer, calling on certain archangels, God, uh, reading the New Testament, it was one of the only things that were available to, be, to read. Mm -hmm. You don't really have privileges to read material. Um, sometimes a lot of coffee to stay up at nights. Why were you so intent on staying up? Were you afraid of being harmed? Uh, there are some places it wasn't safe probably to go to sleep. Inside the prisons? Correct. Was it even worse because you were an American in that prison? Um, you could say that. You could say it was worse in some places it was better. Yeah. I mean, you're very tall sitting here. Obviously, it's deceptive in television. We appear to be the same height. We are not. I'm five foot three. Uh, you're what, eight feet tall? I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, but you're, I think, like six, seven. How tall are you? Six, eleven. Six, eleven. Okay. Well, see, even more so. Yeah. 
I'm trying to picture in an average prison, right. being able to have the facilities and the space even if you were the only person in the cell, but you right. shared with up to four people, right. and with your height and phys physical appearance, how did that impact you? Some of the some of the actual the holding cells where I was, there was up to ten people or more. So there was actually more than four. Um, beds, you kind of make it work, sleep diagonally, um, but you just it's really about survival, right? So there's a word in Spanish, aguantar, which is like to stand. So you're essentially you, you withstand enough. Because they would always say, you know, you need to adapt. You need to this, make this your normal. I'm like, this isn't normal. I'm going to survive. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get through these times, and then I'm, I'm going to get out. And then, of course, you have those moments when you break. And you just say, how did I get here? When, am I ever going to make it out? When you're looking at that wall, you haven't been outside for 30 days. Haven't seen the sun, you know, fresh air. Little things we take for granted, right? You certainly... Th those who held you at different points seem to exploit financially the the dire straits that you found yourself in. Yes. Um, at at some point, were you aware that the State Department was going to try to help that you had been designated as wrongfully held? What was that process like of of having that revealed to you? It was never revealed to me. Really? I didn't even know I was a hostage until the end. So it was originally it was money grab, kidnapping. I was being detained, investigated to make sure that I wasn't a spy. Um, there's a there's a concern for espionage that's big in Venezuela, especially for foreigners from the United States. Once I was cleared as not being a spy, I was still declared as a spy, and then I was moved to a political prison. Um, and at that point, some of the Americans were actually able to let me know, hey, we're going to let you know what's going on. By the way, we're being held hostage in a, in a huge sanctions deal as leverage, and my heart dropped, and it was just the worst nightmare. All over again. Some of them have been there up to two years. Really. Yeah. And you finally found yourself um, able to get on that plane to be able to return. You are still grappling with a lot of the trauma of the time you were there. Um, I can imagine the, the psychological effects and the emotional turmoil that you yes. must grapple with. Yeah. But what is your statement you want to make? How do you, what do you want people to know about what has happened to you to stop it from happening to them? Well, one, in, 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 the, in the most difficult times, I was never alone. My spiritual family was there, my spiritual support. You want to call it God, the universe, the angels. When I really needed it, I called on them and they were there. So people know you're never, you're never alone, right? Number two, prevention. This is, this is an issue that's happening all over the world. And I was in the office for the, the, the SPIH office, one of the hostage affairs that helped to rescue us. And they rescued people from all over the world, right? Latin America, um, Asia, the Middle East. Mm -hmm. um, you name it, and there, there's people that have been rescued and, and actually were wrongfully detained, some even who were murdered in different places and brought back. So this is a real issue that's happening everywhere. People are kidnapped and trafficked from the U.S. as well. Um, so my mentors who, who actually helped to, to bring us home, who was special in my case, said, you know, so what make sure you, you mentioned about spring break coming up. For all the families who's in there, their kids on spring mm -hmm. break, just think about it. You know, 50% of the countries are have elections this year. This is a very delicate time. You know, so kids are working hard. They're in school, but just just think about it twice. Is it really worth it to send them in some places where they could be put at risk? Savoy, right? Welcome home. Thank, Thank you. you. So nice to see you.